Hey there everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and back by popular demand is one of my good friends and fellow brother-in-arms, E.J. Owens. And when we were talking at this year's SHOT Show, I made him promise to come back on the show and talk with me about one of the areas that I think so many armed citizens are really unprepared for when it comes to home defense. Now, I took some killer notes during our talk, and I know you're going to get a lot out of it as well. So, check this out. Bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging. Would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive. If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. It's two in the morning and you're awake. You don't exactly know why, but you can sense that something is very, very, very wrong. Your spouse is sleeping peacefully beside you. Your kids are nestled in their own beds down the hall. Everything should be fine, but it's not. And then as you listen in the darkness, wondering why you're not with your family in dreamland, you hear it. It's the worst sound a person can hear at night in their own home. The sound that anyone with a family dreads most. Footsteps. Someone's in the house. Someone is moving around out there. He could have a knife. He could have a gun. He could have friends. And if he was bold enough to break into your home while you and your family sleep, He may be vicious enough to hurt you to get what he wants. In fact, hurting you might be the very thing he desires. As you try to jolt yourself out of sleep, you're painfully aware of one terrible reality. There's just one thing between this monster and your family, and that's you. The next decision you make and the actions that you take could mean the difference between life and death for you and those that you love. Will you know what to do? Well, that's what we're here to find out. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And with us today, once again, to help us with this very intense topic is firearms expert E.J. Owens. E.J., welcome back to the program, man. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is. I've been looking at some of your training on this, and this is a really uh, killer topic that I'm really looking for your insight on. So this is going to be awesome. Listen, everyone, EJ is a professional firearms trainer, author, and consultant whose company, Legally Concealed, trains responsibly armed citizens in advanced firearm tactics for personal protection. Now, having received multiple firearm instructor certifications from the NRA and from legendary expert John Farnham, EJ's training isn't just based on theory. He's a former military officer and contractor who knows what it's like to carry every day a weapon for personal protection and how to use it in your own defense. In fact, EJ's training was put to the test even outside of the war zone when he was shopping in a local store and was able to successfully defeat an armed robbery with his Glock. Now, that incident, as well as all of his specialized training and combat experience, led him to develop some of the most advanced personal and home defense training courses available anywhere. And you can learn more about his training at his website at www.concealedcarryweapontactics.com. All right, EJ, the scenario that I just painted is not a pretty one. Um, it's pretty much every person's worst nightmare when it comes to a criminal attack because home invasions go to the heart of what we fear the most. And it really strikes us in that, in that place in the world where we're supposed to be the most safe. Now, Daytime home invaders are one thing, but it's the nighttime home invasion that we typically fear the most. So in your opinion, what's the difference between a daytime and a nighttime home invasion, and what changes in terms of your tactics and strategies during the night versus the day? How how does that differ conceptually? <laughs> well, that is, that's a great question. You know, a lot of people don't think about that, uh, the daytime versus the nighttime. You know, the, the daytime people, uh, they, they've typically watched you for a while and and i know that's crazy and creepy to think about but they've they've patterned you they know when you're going to go do your tennis time or your tea time they they know when you go to work uh and and basically what they're doing is patterning you to see when you're not going to be at home uh, most of your daytime invaders are not looking to get into a fight they want to get the valuables that you have in your house uh and get them quickly and and get out. Now, with your daytime invaders, you're typically going to see a truck pull up 
into the driveway, bring you back right into the driveway. A bunch of guys jump out, smash and grab, grabbing that uh, that new big LCD 87-inch screen you just bought uh, at the local Mart uh, last weekend for the big game. And, uh, and then they're going to load up on the valuables and stuff. So they're hitting the living room. They're going straight to the bedroom and to the bathroom where Mama keeps the jewelry. Uh, that she took off from the night before. So, you know, they're, they're looking for, for high value items that they can get and go. And then they're looking for, uh, you know, any, uh, what I would call targets of opportunity, anything you just left laying around, like, uh, like that old Rolex, uh, that you, you've gotten tired of wearing and scratching up. So, uh, you laid it there on the counter knowing that you would come back later and put it back up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're looking for, for high ticket items that they can, uh, uh, liquidate on the, on the, on the market, uh, there. So the key thing is they're not really looking to get into a fight. They're looking to get those high value items. Totally different than the nighttime. The nighttime guys, they know your home. They see your cars. They see the nightlights shining through the window and they don't care. They are making entry into your home knowing that you are there and knowing that you could put up some resistance. And that's what scares me the most, Jeff, is that these people know that I would be home and it doesn't bother them. They are willing to do whatever it takes. Let me repeat that. They are willing to do whatever it takes to get what they want. And sometimes they don't want anything of value. They're just looking to soothe this mental problem, this mental itch that they've got going on. And that may be involving taking someone's life. And that's what, to me, is the scariest of, of everything. Uh, but, you know, they're going to make entry into your home. It's dark. They know you're there. They don't know the layout like you do. And none of that has bothered them. So that's when you've got to be ready to respond. Yeah, and it, and I think, you know, we as honest tax-paying citizens with our white picket fence often do, it's hard for us to tap into that kind of vicious, you know, predatory mindset. We don't live like that, Jeff. Right. We don't live like that. That's not in our thought process. We we would never even conceive of doing that to somebody else, much less have someone do that to us. You know, we don't we don't live our lives like that. You know, in the daytime, you know, your visual uh, is good. You can see all across your house, your yard, uh, see the neighbor uh, and their their new little ride that they they bought last weekend. Uh, you know, you can you can identify the people in your house better uh, should they even you know get away. You know, th- those daytime people they're not they're not trying to to get involved with you. It's the nighttime people, and just like the daytime people who are going to your living room and going to your bedroom. Yeah, the nighttime people are doing the same thing. Hmm. Yeah, and they're and, coming to your bedroom for you. Yeah, for your valuables. And we think about also, you know, it's like, wait, I've got kids. I, you know, I, you know, don't hurt me. I have kids. Don't hurt the kids. And that, if, if you have like, you know, people put these stickers on their back windows where it's like, you know, my kid is an honor student at this at, at my school, and they got those little stick people up there. Having kids might actually be something that the the nighttime home invader could be looking for. And maybe it's not, you know, part of it might possibly be from a predatory sense, maybe kids kind of turn them on or whatever and that sick mentality. But also they probably know that all it takes is a knife to a kid or a gun to a kid's, you know, head or something like that just to make you do whatever they want you to do without putting up a struggle. You have something to lose. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, exactly. And you, you know, there's not a, there's not a parent out there that I, that I can know of that would not do whatever it takes to take care of their babies. Yeah. And that is, and, and that could be lose everything that they have physically. You know, I'm, I'm, as a parent myself of three children, all my worldly possessions are just that mm-hmm. worldly possessions. And I would gladly give up every single one of them to see my kid breathe that next breath to wake up to that next sunshine. Yeah. Uh, that guy doesn't care about that. Yeah. And he knows that he can pit that against you. Yeah. So, you know, having 
from a tactical standpoint, having something to lose puts you at a disadvantage. Yeah. You know, whatever scenario that you're analyzing, there's always these things that, you know, you, you absolutely want to do, the things that you train for. And then there's those things that could actually make things a lot worse for you. And you talk about the kind of the dynamics of the home, the nighttime invasion. It does kind of change the 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 entire concept of it when you're thinking about, okay, now you are in typically a low light environment and things like that. So it seems like there are certain things that we we want to we want to do right, things that we have to avoid doing wrong. Now when you're examining how most people train currently for dealing with a, a nighttime home invasion, what would you say is the biggest mistake that you see them make when they come to you and and like that mistake could really put them in, in harm's way? Well, uh, it's pretty simple, and it has nothing to do with firearms. It's the mentality. It's uh, hearing that crash, bang, boom in the night and thinking it's nothing and rolling back over and going back to the candy cane dream filled with lollipops and sugar plums that they were they were so entranced with. You know, the thing is, is that when your gut wakes you up, when the hair on the back of your, you know, your neck stands up, you need to pay attention to that. And what we find most often is that when you hear something, the crash, bang, boom at night, and it triggers that innate survival response, most of us have not felt that too many times in our life. So we don't have any parallel learning experiences for which we can draw on to make a decision on what we should do. So we see the we see that that response of that's probably nothing. I'm just going to go back to sleep. All the while, you are giving uninterrupted entry and free movement inside of your home to that invader, and he is gaining space on you. You know, if you've ever done you know the hand to hand, and I know Jeff, you you know a lot about this. You know, we want to we want to take space away, uh, and then you know there's times when we want to you know gain distance. And this guy is taking space away from you. And thinking that it's nothing puts you at a disadvantage. See, the thing is, defense is fighting code for disadvantaged. Mm. We want to make sure that we can put the tables back on our favor and get ourselves on the offense. The only way to do that is to get your butt up out of that bed and enact your plan. Yeah. And most of us want to put our head in the sand. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, Jeff. It's happened to me a couple of times. I hear something outside. Oh, it's probably the wind. Not a big deal. And I didn't get up. But that doesn't happen anymore. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to exercise the self-discipline that is required for me being the protector of my family and interrupt my sleep and get up and enact my plan. And that's discipline, and discipline comes through commitment, and commitment is shown over time. Yeah. So you know you have to start somewhere, and today would be a great day to start. But it, exercise the discipline. You know this got this kind of got me thinking of something. I mean that whole like oh, I'm sure I'm sure it's fine sort of a thing. You know because we talk about and even in my intro it was about you know you're suddenly awake and you're not really sure why and something in your stomach says something's not right. But I think a lot of times, I know I'm a very light sleeper. I think the military kind of made me <laughs> really light. I think it was the drill sergeant, like, you know, even in basic training, creeping in, like if they got your weapon and you had to like spend the next day ashamed and doing push-ups all day, like I think that was what programmed me to just get my, you know, wake up at the slightest crinkle of a, of a leaf. But I think that there's probably a lot of people that are listening right now, maybe even a lot of, I'm, I'm picturing women, but I don't want to be sexist about this, but there might be women who are thinking that maybe they have the protective instinct and they wake up and it's probably, you know, for that guy that's, that's laying there snoozing away, it's probably even easier to say, Oh, I'm sure it's nothing when it's not you waking up, but your spouse is like kind of shaking you like, Hey, I think I hear something down. No, no, no. You're just being paranoid. Go back to sleep. But also, I mean, I know some guys who you can't wake them up for anything. Like you could shake the hell out of them. They're not getting up. And I wonder if there's a lot of women out there also who maybe don't see themselves as the protector, but, 
you might be the one who, I mean, if you're wasting valuable minutes and seconds trying to shake your, your husband up or whatever, that there's like an argument there for where it's not only the, the protector of the family that needs to know how to protect themselves, but also the someone who maybe your husband isn't home, maybe he's traveling, maybe, or your wife isn't, whatever it is. But it, there's the kind of this redundancy plan that needs to be in place as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it goes back to roles and responsibilities. You know, even from the military standpoint, you know, we have roles and responsibilities, but, you know, should one of those uh, roles not be covered, then we've got to do what? We've got to cover down on it. Yeah. And uh, we may find ourselves handling two separate roles simultaneously now. And uh, and, that, and that's part of the leadership command. You know, it, it, it has to happen. Somebody's got to do it or they're just going to be a, you know, a bunch of funerals happening at the same time. Yeah. I'm going to get into those different roles here in a little bit. I, I definitely have questions for you on this. But listen, everyone, uh, we're talking with E.J. Owens of ConcealedCarryWeaponTactics.com as we talk about the unique challenges and response tactics for a nighttime home invasion. Now, obviously, we have a lot more to get to, and we'll get there in just a moment, including prepping your gear for fast access at night when you need to get into the action quick your step-by-step -step instant response plan for when you hear that bump in the night, and how to add nighttime home invasions to your current training plan now so that you're not caught like a deer in the headlights when you're forced to leave your bed and fight for your family. But first, check out this special message. Are you a proud defender of the Second Amendment? Are you tired of your whiny sister-in-law's liberal tantrums about the need for more gun control? <laughs> Are you infuriated with government gun grabbers trying to strip you of your God-given right to own a nuclear bazooka? Well, my fellow patriot, it's time for a Smackdown. Smackdown. In our free 2AD Smackdown debate guide, you'll discover how to win any gun control argument armed with three questions. That's right. Just ask these three simple questions and watch as that smug little smile disappears from their little face of even the most ignorant know-it-all liberal. Plus, you'll discover easy, fact-based, can't-lose, crybaby comebacks for the most common myths, misinformation, and outright lies. Like, gun shows are the criminal's flea market. Countries with tighter gun control have lower crime rates. Banning guns protects our children. More control keeps guns out of the hands of crazy people. And a whole lot more. Arm yourself now with the ultimate argument winner by claiming your free copy of 2AD Smackdown. Visit www.2adsmackdown.com. That's the number 2, adsmackdown.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back with E.J. Owens of ConcealedCarryWeaponTactics.com as we dig deeper into the advanced tactics that you must know to face a real-life bump-in-the-night home invasion. Now, this is where we really get into the juicy stuff, so let's not waste any more time and jump right back into our interview. E.J., one of the hardest parts about dealing with a home invasion is that you're off-duty, so to speak, you know, when you're at home. You know, I mean, your gear isn't always on you, and you may be sound asleep when, when that time for action comes so that being said, you, you still need to be able to get into action as quickly as possible to engage a threat, especially since you're going to be groggy at first and your reaction time is going to be slower typically if you're waking up. So what's the best way to prepare your weapon and your gear for fast response when a nighttime home invasion occurs? All right. So you first of all need to determine what is the gun and the gear that you're going to use. And, and there's a whole plethora of of debates and stuff that's out there on that intro web thing uh, from so-called experts. But here's what I'm going to tell you. you got to go with what works with you. And first and foremost, bigger is not always better. Uh, but I will tell you this, on the converse, good friends and bullets are hard to find when it's time to get into a gunfight. So you have to find a happy medium in there. Uh, you know, I've seen some guys go out here and they buy that, that the massive 12-gauge shotgun with all this Gucci gear all, you know, trapped all on it and secured on it. And it makes them feel good. It's kind of like a belly button. You know, I don't really use it, but uh, it makes you feel good when I touch it. Uh, but you've got to think of yourself, if you've got a baby and you've got to carry the baby, can you work that big, heavy gun at the same time? So there's there's got to be some duplicity in 
what your actions are going to be when you get to where you're going and what your actions are going to be if you're interrupted during that, you know, travel to where you're going. So you've got to find some way that, um, that you can meet both objectives. You know, first of all, I don't want to get into a gunfight, but should I have to, I need to be prepared for that. And I need to have enough ammunition and a good quality um, sound working gun that I'm willing to bet my life on. And then the second thing is what kind of gear you're using, you know, because um, you're not just going to skin out that smoke wagon and start walking down the hallway to do God's work in the middle of the night. Do you have a flashlight? Do you know where your light switches are? Do you have some type of cell phone? Because what happens when you get to where you're going and you need to call the police? Oh, I left the, the phone, the phone thing, you know, communication box is back on the nightstand. Uh, and then are you bringing any extra ammo? What do you mean extra ammo? I got six shots. That's all I need. Okay. Well, what if there's four guys and you, you, you know, you're going to tell me you're actually hit effectively the target, you know, shooting paper holes, uh, and, 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 you know, small holes and paper targets, that thing, that's one thing, but making a grown man who's cracked out fall down and not be a threat anymore, totally different. So we have to make our shots count. So here's what I'm going to tell you. You need to make a decision on what you're going to use and then turn that decision into a commitment and then be consistent with it. And that goes, that plays right into where you're going to stage it. If you're going to carry it, uh, keep it by the bedside, awesome. But it always needs to be by the bedside. You can't take a day off and put it somewhere else. And then if you're not going to keep it by the bedside, you're going to keep it in a closet or, you know, somewhere else. Do you know how many steps it takes to get there in the dark? Can you do that groggy? And if you can't, you need to think about somewhere else to put it. But it needs to be in the same spot all the time. For me, in my house, I have a dedicated home defense weapon. So I'm not just, uh, you know, using my everyday carry. or I'm not using some type of, you know, training gun or work gun that I was using out on the range or for a class. This is the dedicated home defense gun, and it stays in this condition, in this spot, all the time. And I make sure that the batteries on the lights are constantly changed out and ready to go. So, you know, that is a staging area that I don't mess with. I know how far it is at night to get there. I know under normal steps, it takes me, you know, this many steps. Under stress, it's only going to take me this many. Remember, you used to do pace count. You, you step off 100 yards and say, oh, it's 60, 68 steps. Yep. <laughs> but then when you're running, oh, it's only like 54. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you've got to know that you're going to be doing this under stress and duress. And then uh, what access requirements do you have for it? So if you've got one of those little handy-dandy, um, you know, finger things where, you, you know, the vaults where you press the code with your fingers, um, you know, do you know what that code is all the time? Is it something you can remember without really even to, to think about? Oh, was it this number? No, that's the that's the gate code. Oh, what's oh, that's my gem locker code. We don't have time for that. Uh, if you need a key, do you have that key readily available? So when I get out of bed, there's the key, or it's hanging, you know, close by someplace I know I'm never going to forget it. Uh, and then, um, you know, can you do it? Is one thing, but can mama do it? Does mama know? Because if you happen to be in La La Land and that sugar cane uh, dream that you've got just too good to wake up from, does she know where it is? Or on the converse, mama, does he know where it is and how to access it? And then out of all that, it really comes down to one thing. Who am I protecting? Is it myself? Is it me and mama? Me, mama, and the babies. Because ultimately, we have everything staged so that we can enact that plan clearly, concise, and consistently. But we have to know what we're protecting. Because a lot of times, it was just mama and me, uh, and and the babies are all, you know, spending nights out with everybody else or, you know, whatever they're doing, uh, then the plan changes. 
So we have to know what we're doing and who we're doing it for. And then if there are other individuals that we're going to need to protect, do we know where we're going? You know which bedroom you come to first, which bedroom is last, which bedroom is in the middle, one upstairs, one downstairs. Staging your gear helps you get to those decisions quicker. And staging gear all comes down to being consistent. And it helps if you have a dedicated gun. Now, guys are going to be jumping up and down because now EJ Owen just gave him permission to go buy a new gun. Well, pretty much, yeah. Go buy a new gun. But buy the right gun, because if you take a heat round, can Mama pick that thing up and continue to do God's work with it? You know, we always want to say that bigger is better. Well, <clears throat> a big 12-gauge shotgun with uh, murder, death, kill, slug shots, and all that stuff in it with a whole bunch of Gucci gear on it that I saw on Instagram, a bunch of gun magazines, is one thing. But if i got to carry a baby, maybe i got to carry two babies. Can I cycle that gun just as well? with one hand as I can with two? And if I happen to be sleeping, does mama have her own gun? Or she got to use yours? Mm. And where are those guns staged? What if I happen to not be in the bed at that time? Do I have a secondary staging? You know, in the military, we talk about PACE, primary, alternate, contingency, and emergency. And I see no need to recreate that wheel. It is a perfect acronym for how we go about our daily lives. So in my staging, I have a primary. You know, there, here's the the the, um, the, the best example, uh, the best way the situation can go, the most ideal way the situation can go down is my primary. But where's my alternate staging point? And where's my contingency staging point? And is there an emergency staging point? Yeah. Because if I happen to be coming home late and everyone else is in bed and I'm coming through the garage, through the little hallway that opens up into the kitchen, and there is bad guy, do I have something on that side of the house that I can secure? If I just didn't happen to have my gun on me, you know, or I lived in one of those <clears throat> one of those uh, communist states that doesn't allow you to carry do I have something on that side of the house? And then, do I have something in the room where in the most ideal condition we would all end up? Yeah. And that's, how is it staged? Yeah, that's... that's um, and, and it doesn't even necessarily need to be a, a gun. Because, I mean, it's not like you have to save up for four different weapons right now and you don't have a home defense plan until you have four four firearms somewhere, you know, hidden around the house. But... It can even be, I mean, if it's a worst case scenario and they do get the drop on you and you're in a, you're in a bad situation, um, one of the things we talk about is even just like, you know, some sort of a, uh, an edged weapon or something like hidden in the bathroom. You know, if sure. you're, if you're able to get into the bathroom and, and they let you go to the bathroom or whatever while they're holding your family, maybe you get, maybe you could just get to something that you can use as a weapon, you know, and, and thinking, you got to kind of think about your house a little bit sneakily, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And again, that's changing that mindset now. That's changing our mindset from, you know, I don't live my life like that to, uh, you know what, I may have to put on those shoes and walk through my house and and play those mental gymnastics there for a moment. Yeah. You know, because we're talking about a real high-stakes game of hide-and-go-seek. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and your, you know, the, your life is on the line or the lives of the ones you love. So it's worth walking through and, and trying to envision your house, the inside, the layout, from a bad guy's perspective. Mm-hmm. And how does that affect your staging? And what gear do you need? Because it may not always be the gun. You may need a flashlight. You may need a cell phone. You may need extra ammo. You may need a medical kit. You may need some keys to a room. You know, I don't know what your house will be, but you've got to think about that. Yeah. But I'll go back to the DCC, make a decision, turn it into a commitment, and then be consistent about it. Well, let's talk about the actual plan here, because I think very few people actually have a legitimate plan 
for what they would do with an armed response to, especially to a nighttime home invasion. So, so take us through some of the step-by-step tactics that are the most critical for this type of an attack. I mean, let's let's start with the bedroom shake and take it from there. The the honey, honey, wake up! I hear a noise. What what are some of the most critical first steps that somebody must make? I mean, I love your idea, your your concept of you know staging your gear is what gets you into action quicker because there's a big difference between you know, honey, there's somebody trying to get in the front door versus, honey, now there's somebody in the living room walking up the stairs. So what are those 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 instant action steps from the time of, honey, I hear a noise? All right. So first and foremost, we have to go to a planning stage first, and that is establish roles and responsibilities. All right. So if we look at the stereotypical family setup, you have a mom and a daddy, right? So, you know, in my house, and that's only I can I can speak of is in my house, uh, I would be the primary and mama would be the secondary. Okay. Now, some guys are going to argue with me, especially when I do my live training classes. The guys will say, well, you know, I would leave mama, uh, there in the room and have her call 911. Okay. Well, let me tell you this, because if you're one of those guys thinking that, uh, if you've got babies in the house, there's nothing you can do to keep mama from going to take care of her babies. So four eyes and two guns always are going to double your odds of survival. So don't leave mama. Mama gets in it. And so now we've got roles and responsibilities because whoever is the primary, should they go down, that secondary now becomes the primary. Okay, so now we've established roles and responsibilities and we've got our gear staged. Let's look at the routes that we're going to take to get to our family members. Because I'll be honest with you, Jeff, I'm not looking to get into a gunfight, even in my own house. All right, And I honestly, I would not wish that on anybody because when you take a life, it changes you forever. Okay? So I, I don't want to get into a fight. I don't want to have to kill someone in my living room. But, you know, should I have to to save my own life or the lives of the ones I love? Then i got to be prepared to do that. But in the meantime, i got to look at the routes that I need to secure my family members. And need a minimum of two, if at all possible. So where are we going? Because that's going to be the first thing that's going to go through your head and her head. We've got our, you know, we've got our uh, Whackmaster 5000 uh, properly staged. We've got them in our hand, ready to go. And where are we going now? Uh, but, uh, so when we leave that bedroom, you need to look at your own home and say, what? Where do I go next? Is it a long hallway that I've got to travel down? Does it open to an open room? Where are the lit at night points? Where are the dark corners? And so I know where my route is, and I'm on my route. Now I need to say, you know, who am I going for? And when I get to where I'm going, what am I going to do when I get there? So if it's securing babies, then someone, the primary, whether it's mom or daddy, doesn't matter. Someone's pulling cover and security while the other one's retrieving. So holding the doorway, holding the stairwell, you know, those are avenues of approach, ways that people can gain access to you. Then you need to cover while well, someone else secures the babies or wakes up the teenager or gets the the college student still in the home, uh, you know, out of the bed. And now we work together. We need to continue the next route to the next place we're going until we're all together. But you need to be ready for if the fight happens along your route. And that's why having two is better than one. Because you can have someone cover the rear, someone cover the front. One's got the front and the left. One's got the rear and the right. It's kind of hard to do a 360 perimeter by yourself because I have this thing called a back in the back of my head, and I can't see out of it sometimes. <laughs> Although even, my mom, even really as a good. parent, I yeah, know. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that ability, but uh, my mom sure certainly does, especially <laughs> yeah. when we're driving a car. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but roles and responsibilities, routes, and then uh, where or where are we going? And what are we going to do when we get there? Uh, so when we get there, 
if we, let's say we can all get in one room, you know, how are we securing that room? Is there a dresser we can move over in front of the door? You know, obviously we're going to use the lock, but, you know, most of the inside doors uh, in, in your standard residence are hollow core doors. And an angry man has enough strength to punch right through one of those hollow core doors, start making holes. You give him, you know, a couple of minutes and he can get through that. So, uh, you know, do we have something we can fortify that door with? And then do we have a way to protect ourselves once we get in that room? You know, and, and people should have within their family roles and responsibilities. Who's going to do what? Because that gives us a starting point, Jeff. You know, being in the military, you understand that, you know, when the first bullet goes past your head, all the greatest plans just go out the window, right? Well, what that really means is we're going to go into a reactionary mode. That muscle memory is taking over. So the semblance of an action plan is to stimulate our brain and our actions through knowing what we need to do to get started. See, again, we're on the defense, and we want to turn the tables and get on the offense. So we've got to have some semblance of a plan to get started with. Mm-hmm. So we know what we're doing. We know where we're going and how we're, getting, uh, how we're going to get there. And then we know what we're going to do when we get there. That gives us a basis in which to deviate. Because at any point in time during that, that semblance of, of actions, the bad guy could interject his own plan. And we need to be prepared. Yeah. Well, like I said, very few people, I think, even have a plan. So this really gives them a really good starting point, I think, to really kind of, like you said, like assess assess your home. Everybody's home is going to be different. Like, where are your fatal funnels? Where are where is going to be your your last stand room, your 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 safe room, and what are you going to put in it, and things like that. But I'd say that probably even fewer people even those that may even have a plan ever really practice their plan. And this is obviously something that requires some strange training, I guess, you know, it's not something that you can probably picture yourself doing around your home, especially if you have kids who, or a spouse who may not be into, you know, dealing with home invasions and things like that, or you don't want to scare the hell out of them. So what would you say is the best way to train and rehearse for a nighttime home invasion, especially given that every home invader is different and their goals might be wildly different? All right, well, this may just blow your mind, but your house completely changes at night. Your viewpoint, your perspective of your house changes. When we turn the lights out and everyone is sleeping and it gets really quiet, the room, the house has its own little noises. It has its own little you know, creaks and cracks from the wind and stuff. But what changes really is the way that the light, the ambient light throughout your house, changes what we view and how we view it. See, you you may see shadows that are being forecasted into the next room, but it's because the person is in the previous room and the light is behind them. Now, we, as the homeowner, we should know our layout pretty good, okay? You want to go get you a little glass of milk during the middle of the night, and you you can pretty much do that with one eye open uh, and sliding your feet as you as you you know <laughs> meander through the house, and probably not hit your toes on anything unless you know Mama left some some shoes in the middle of the hallway or the kids left some Legos on the ground. We can do that. You know how many times we get up and go to the bathroom at night, and it's not even a thought where we're going. So we know the layout. We have the advantage in that perspective. But you have to walk your house at night, and this is where it really gets weird, from the perspective of the bad guy. Don't start walking the house from your bedroom, because now you're setting up a defense based on what based on what you want the bad guy to do. We have to look at it from a bad guy's perspective. So go to where you think a bad guy would come in from. Obviously, a door is a good place to start, but... What about a window? And look at your house from that way. Now you're standing in the living room. Where's the bedroom? Where is that in relation to the stairwell to get to the kids? And walk through it at night when everyone's asleep. And you can do that by yourself. Nobody think you're weird, you know, and just going to get something out of the refrigerator. 
you need to look for weaknesses in your house. And from that invader standpoint, weaknesses are access points. Okay. What are the longest distances you have in your house? If you can stand in a hallway and that hallway opens up to a great room, how far is it from that hallway, the start of that hallway, to the wall on the other side of the great room? That may, that may be a long shot for you. It may not be. Uh, where where are the little night lights? You know, do we always leave this little lamp on? You know, because you know bad guys are going to be like roaches. Uh, wherever there's light, they're not going to be, and they're going to use the cover of darkness to mask their movements. And see, the thing is, we do this instinctually, where we would have to do it intuitively. And then once you've kind of got that floor plan down, you understand what your house looks like at night. And we take our plan and we kind of walk through it, shoot holes in it, you know, no pun intended, but, you know, uh, kind of murder board it a little bit and make sure that, you know, we're not thinking just super crazy. You know, I think this can work. That's when we need to say, all right, hey, mama, significant other, I'll, I want to walk through this with you. I know the kids are asleep right now. I just want to walk through this with you. And walk through it. Yeah, see the stairwell right there? Okay. Uh, so it's 17 steps up. Uh, I want you to lead, and I'm going to cover. We get to the doorway. You're going to access the door. Secure the kids. I'm going to cover. Let's move to the next room. And you can just do that. You don't need anything in your hand. Just walk through it. Okay, but I'll tell you this. Communication is the biggest ally you're going to have. And we don't need code words or pin codes or anything like that. Clear communication. So not only, you know, are we involving that other defender with us, but we have to talk to the people we're going to be securing. So, you know, dinner time is a great time to talk to your kids about what to do. No different than a fire drill, tornado drill, or hurricane drill, or something like that. But before you talk to the kids, it's probably to your advantage to be unified between you and mama or mama uh, between you and daddy in your what your responses are going to be to your kids. Because, you know, even from a military's perspective, we have to, you know, make sure that the command is unified, right? <laughs> you know, that we all know what we're doing or we have some semblance of what we're doing so that we look um, prepared in our kids' eyes. And they'll have confidence in what we're saying. And it doesn't need to be scary the way we talk to them. You know, if we wake you up in the middle of the night and we tell you to come with us, we don't need any arguments. Just keep your feet moving and come with us. Yeah. Well, And, and there's one other factor, Jeff, I, I, I know. I just want to just throw this in here. Yeah. Uh, you have an adrenaline rush that will be going through your body. And that is going to cause a lot of physiological as well as psychological effects to be taking place. And normal menial tasks that you can perform on an everyday basis are going to seem extremely difficult. Thoughts are going to start running together. Your heart's going to feel like it's beating out of your chest. And you're going to be sucking in oxygen like you've never sucked it in before. So running through this, uh, you know, the plan of where we're going to stage and then going through the semblance of, you know, the routes and, and talking about this with the significant other before we sit down with the kids and then talking about it with the kids helps minimize how much active thought has to be interjected into our action plan. And so being aware that, you know, that adrenaline is going to be flowing through your veins and it's going to be causing you not to be able to do certain, you know, small, um, minute tasks helps us, you know, not have to focus on the thought process and allows us to control our actions better. Yeah, I think um, some of the things you said are worth it. Like if everybody just needs to listen to this last section all by itself, because I think it's um, there were some things that really stood out there for me. I mean, one, well, first of all, I mean, I guess, 
for me, I know I'm like a lot of people because we get this question so many times. We did a survey and we got this question back so many times. Like, my my, I just can't get my wife on board. Like, she doesn't you know care about survival, you know, preparedness. She doesn't care about. She doesn't like guns. And I'm and I'm kind of in that same boat too. Like, my wife will let me have guns. I like I like to say it. she'll let me have it, right? But well, she's, I, I, I know exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So. um so, you know, kind of like waking up in the middle of the night for a a firearms drill is not going to be maybe in my wife's thing. But but a fire drill, you know, I mean, what if there was a fire at night? It would basically almost be the same thing, except that instead of hitting your safe room and then making drawing your line in the sand and defending from there, you're still looking for a way a way out of the house. And that might be a a window or a pre-staged like, you know, rope ladder. If it's a stick, like, do you have a way out there? You know, that sort of a thing. Um, so that might be a good in-between thing for everybody. But here's the thing that really stood out for me. I've never, I've actually, surprisingly, I've never heard this before because even as a security um, consultant myself and working with people, I've always taken the perspective of you got to look at the outside of your home from a burglar's perspective, right? Like, like, do you have a big bush in front of your front door where nobody can see from the road? You know, somebody could hide behind there and go right through your front door without you knowing it. Or, you know, what about your windows? Like, where would you break into your house? I've heard that before, but I've never heard before, like, okay, in your home. Now, continue to think like you're um, a home invader and you have, think about what your goal might be. If it's to get to the bedroom and terrorize your family, what would that be? If it's to get to the kids' room, if it's to get to, you know, look for valuables and then get to the family. Like, thinking of it from that perspective is a, a total mind shift for people. I guess, you know, that's one thing. The second part of that, though, is that you don't need your, your spouse's permission or acceptance or belief pattern or whatever for you to be able to go through that yourself and walk through your home at night at two o'clock in the morning and think to, if you're thinking in the, the terms of I'm a home invader, I'm going to terrorize this family from that perspective, knowing like, oh, wait, shit, I'm in the hallway. This doesn't feel like a safe place for me as somebody who's coming in here. Like if, if that guy's at the end of this hallway, I'm screwed. Um, and looking for where those different points are that would be a danger for the bad guy means that those are potential opportunities for you as the good guy. I've never heard that before. That's, and that's, I think that's just an amazing 180 degree shift of consciousness that can make a big difference in somebody's home invasion plan. Well, we all possess the ability to think like that because we are the apex predator in this world. Mm. If you will allow yourself to just harness a little bit of that. Let take that dog out for a walk. You know, you've got it inside of you. We just don't access it much. And in some cases today, we try to suppress it all the way down to it's nothing. But each one of us have the survival instinct inside. And then when you put in protecting the innocent, now you have brought that survival instinct to its fullest, ra- fullest rationale to be used. And I'll tell you this, if, if you've got a spouse that's not on board, uh, more than likely they're not on board because of the, the, the whole firearm thing. But I, w- I would challenge you to change the wording that you use, and that is, I want to protect our babies. Whatever it takes, I want it to make sure that our babies are safe and I need your help. And I know this is what you want. And we may not agree on the methodology, but I do know that you're like me and that you would do whatever it takes to keep them safe. And I need your help. And, and talk with them about it. You know, you gotta, you gotta have that open communication. I know that's hard in the marriage. You know, I've been married 14 years now. Uh, it, it, it can be hard, you know, and, and then you get comfortable in a relationship and you're like, this is my way and I'm not changing, whatever, whatever. Uh, but when it comes down to taking care of those that in, for all rights and purposes can't take care of themselves, we gotta be, we gotta be willing to do what it takes. Yeah. But look at it from the perspective of changing the conversation to protection. And protecting the babies, protecting the innocent, 
you know, we've done such a good job parenting these children, you know, regardless of what we may think at times. And they need, they deserve the opportunity to, to go out into the world and to make their mark and, and to continue this lineage that we've, we've established, regardless of what it may cost us. And I need your help. That's right, honey. So stop being so damn selfish. Let's go down to Cabela's, get you a smoke wagon, and let's do mm-hmm. some practice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. EJ, this is awesome, man. I, I really didn't I didn't plan on it going this long, but uh, there was just so much great information in there for everybody. So I really appreciate you you taking the extra time with us today. Listen, everybody, um, we've only really scratched the surface. Obviously, there, obviously, there's so many different tactics that go into this. And, and you can see already that it really is a mind shift. And I know EJ talks about this a lot in all of his different video programs that he has about it. It's really like so much of it is mental and, and what you can, what you can do even just on the preparedness psychologically for these types of things and knowing how to put your plan in place, because it's not, it's not a matter of you got a nice tight shot group down at the, down at the range and now you're ready. It doesn't matter if you own a gun, it's what you do with that gun. It's the tactics that you have in place that you train for the plan you have that's going to make or break your or i say make or break that's going to be life or death when it comes to a home invasion especially when it's like a nighttime home invasion and you have somebody that's there because they know that you're there so um listen he's got some great training on on this very topic you definitely want to check out um go over and check out his website there's a ton of great training there and some training opportunities there so definitely check it out it's at www.concealedcarry.com WeaponTactics.com. So really awesome stuff there. Okay, everybody, until the next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying, train hard, stay safe, prepare now. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.